I would have never known until I lost my taste. And so how many people do you think are out there who have no clue they're carrying the Rona around everybody else? And that's what blows my mind about this whole thing. And I understand that there's not, there's just not enough tests out there to test everyone, you know, once a, once a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. But it's like, okay, so like I, I do factory work. So I'm in a plant full of people. Half the people in there could have it and not know they have it. Half the people in there could be on their deathbed because they have it. But anybody who has it, like knows they have it, they have the uh, health department has to contact anybody that they've been around in the last however many days. Mm -hmm. But if you don't get tested and you don't show symptoms, you don't know you have it. But you can still go to work. And you can still do all these things without ever getting tested. Yes. It, it, it doesn't, like, I understand that there's nothing you can really do, but it doesn't make sense because it's like, okay, just because I got tested, it's basically like I don't have it because I can still go to work and I can still do all these. I don't have to quarantine, mm-hmm. you know, or anything like that. But other people are on their deathbed because, it, you know, because they for sure have it, but they could have gotten it from one of those people. I, it, it's, it's crazy. The Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Thank you for checking into this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. For this episode, Colt and I get back into the swing of things after our long hiatus away from the mics to discuss our own respective experiences with, dun dun dun, you guessed it, COVID-19. We also talk about some of the conspiracies surrounding COVID, the vaccination, which also comes with its share of conspiracies, and getting back into the gym. We hope that you enjoy this riveting comeback episode as much as we enjoy riveting you with this comeback episode. So, without further introduction, here we go. Hey everybody, welcome back to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I'm James, and of course, with me, as always, is my good friend Colt Picado. Yes, sir. How it's you been, doing, man? It's been so long since anyone has been riveted by us. Or since... Okay, I almost said since we riveted each other, and I'm not that, going to. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> I mean, the phrase itself, what you just said, could have went many different ways. So there are a lot of jokes in there, but anyway, it is good to be riveting again. For sure. In, in the microphones yeah. for our CEP listeners. Mm-hmm. It's great to be back in your new-to-me podcast studio. Yeah. Which I know you've been in here for, what, about a month now in the studio? Somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's looking good. Raised on the radio, you're, you're using this as your backdrop, as your setting, mm-hmm. and doing a great job there. And so, yeah, I'm happy to finally get settled in here and, you know. We've got some work to do, but we'll, in. we'll get there. Yeah, it's looking good, man. So, yeah, our hiatus. I mean, we've been off for a while. We have. Pretty much, man, for... As far as the the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast is concerned, we've been off for most of the summer. Yeah. And into now what's almost wintertime. We went through the fall and into the winter. Yeah, we had a a short hiatus that lasted a little while, and then we came back for a little while. But it was mainly, I think it was just mainly just our episodes, right? We weren't really doing any guests or anything like that much here and there. And then life kicked in again and you yep. know mm-hmm. hiatuses again so yeah. and i noticed your post the other day on facebook it just said life dot 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 am i right and you got so many likes on that it's like people were feeling that it's like yeah dude i know i get that <laughs> yes sir you are right <laughs> yes like no but you're right and so yeah we did have some guests on i don't want to start 
mentioning names because I'll forget somebody and I always feel bad about that, even if they don't notice. Right. But uh, we had some guests, but then we had a lot of chats. And then, like you said, life got in the way again and another hiatus came upon us. So the hiatus, I guess we can we can go ahead and, and mention that uh, our great, great topic that we can't seem to get away from, COVID-19, was in fact part of the perpetuating factor in said hiatus for sure and so we both had our bouts with covid and many different ex- or, or very two very different experiences with covid yeah and so if you don't mind go ahead and start us off and tell us about your relationship with rona and how you all <laughs> relationship with the rona how you I all like broke that. it off and <laughs> or whether or not maybe you're still seeing each other on the side I, I what's no, going on I, I really don't want to ever see her again to be honest with you that was yeah. a one one and done type of deal she is a foul foul temptress she, she uh screwed up my life for a straight week yeah yeah it was it was pretty rough i know we, we both had different experiences with it i know everyone has different experiences with it and it's the craziest thing to me because it's like we have a disease or a virus yes. that some people die from. Some people have it and don't even know they have it. But that person that doesn't know they have doesn't know they have it can give it to somebody else and they can die from it. Yes. Okay. What, what do you want me to do with that information? I I mean, you literally just have to kind of just live your life and say, okay, well, I mean, you can take the precautions that you need. Masks do help. That's all. That's all the information Apparently, I got. <laughs> you, you can stay at home and, and hide right. from the world, right? And you can buy up all the the Clorox wipes and the hand sanitizer, and of course, all the toilet paper. Which seems like there was another round of that uh, hoarding of toilet paper recently. There was, there was. I didn't even realize it was happening. I saw a little bit of a trace of it on social media, and I was like, "Really? That's happening again?" I hadn't noticed. And the next time I went to the store, lo and behold, there was no toilet paper there. I was like, well, shit, here we go again. And we still have no reasoning, right? Well, remember during our warm-up session, we we clarified that this is not an ass disease. This is a, <laughs> a respiratory illness. <laughs> it does not have anything to do with the ass. Although there are some folks who do suffer from more like gastrointestinal from uh, issues. Co- yeah. From COVID, really? Okay. Yep. I had a, a, a relative who got COVID before I did, and... Of course, he shelled, you know, he isolated, quarantined himself for, for a while. But he said he hardly had any respiratory illness whatsoever, but had more of the diarrhea, the you know, the the shitting of the pants type of behavior. Gotcha. Type of actions. It's terrible. I know. <laughs> but uh and, and his his kids both got it too. And I believe that the one of the kids actually got some of the respiratory, and then the other child, which they're not children, they're grown adults, but anyway, they're his children. And they uh, kind of in one family unit had all three different experiences with with COVID to some degree, and so that just goes to show you it's not just like a variance that you know from one county to the next it might differ. This is within I mean, basically two of them live in the same house, one of them lives somewhere else, but they're always together. Wouldn't that suck though if it was like different by county? <laughs> like Washington County, they all shit their pants over there. <laughs> Madison County, their they their throats are sore or something. I don't know. It's just well, as long as I could choose the county based on the the symptoms that you know you get from the Rona, that, that right. wouldn't be too bad of a deal. But right, no. So you had you know what what symptoms did you have specifically that had you down for a week? Because you were you were down for the count there for a minute. Yeah, I so sore throat minorly, not a word. I it is now. I get it. Uh, a little bit of sore throat and mainly. 
little bit of a headache, but it was mainly muscle fatigue, brain fog, and just like physical fatigue Mm. to where, so like it was on a Tuesday night. I was feeling, started to feel crappy. Didn't really think much of it. And it's not that I don't, I haven't ever like not believed in COVID, but it's oddly one of those things where you don't really know until you've been through it. Yeah. What it is. And the biggest thing for me is that I'm a guy that doesn't really get sick. I'll get the flu here and there, but even then it's maybe two days. And most of the time it doesn't like knock me on my ass. Most of the time I can still function and get through it. Mm. But this was not that case. I felt crappy on a Tuesday night, woke up the next morning and it it felt like sinus drainage was going on. So I just kind of, I took some uh, minor medicine and I, uh, you know, text my manager and I was like, Hey, I'm going to be a couple hours late to work. I'm going to sleep this off. I think everything will be fine. Okay. So I go into work. I feel fine for an hour or so. And then by the time that second hour hits, I'm like, my eyes are closing. Like there, there's nothing stopping me from it. So I like went to the bathroom and I hung out in there for just a little bit, just trying to kind of gather myself a little bit. And, uh, it just, it, nothing, nothing was helping. And I got in, I only, I only needed to work like three hours to get my time in before I to go home. And about an hour and a half in, I'm just like, there's no way I'm, there's no way I'm making it. I just physically can't, which was really mind boggling to me because I, I don't ever have a situation where I can't physically or mentally get myself through something before, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's rare. Yeah. But, uh, so, uh, you know, at, uh, at that point I went to my manager, I was like, Hey, uh, I, I'm not, there ain't no way I'm making it through the rest of this day. And she's like, you are 10 shades of gray. She's like, you probably need to go get tested. Like, yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't say that, but I know I need to. So went directly over, got tested, which is a whole nother story. I mean, not really a story, just the, it seems like everybody has a different story about getting swapped. Like some people do the rapid test. Some people do the drive through and all these kinds of things. And mine was, not it wasn't a bad experience, but it felt like when you jump into a pool and all that water rushes into your nose, it kind of burns a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that's what it felt like to me, except for it was a long time because she held it in my nose for like 10 seconds and then twisted around for like 10 seconds. But so I got through that. They uh, and, you know, came home and basically they basically told me it was going to be probably a day and a half, two days before I'd get results. That's fine. No big deal. So I'm quarantining, of course. My wife is quarantining. Um, and my parents are living with me at the time as well. They're just kind of quarantined back to a back bedroom. Mm. And I'm just in a in a, my bedroom by myself, which was great, but a bad idea too, because my bedroom has no windows in it because it's an earth home and it's in the back part of the house. So it's just like con- a concrete wall in the back. And then, you know, mm, dark. So even if I wasn't sick, if I would have stayed in there for six days, I would have lost days. I, yes. w- I wouldn't have known when it was daylight and when it was night. I just out of it. So that was probably a bad idea in general. But I legit lost. I've never in my life lost days worth of time. And that was the first time that it's ever happened. Like where I literally did not know what day it was for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And you know you know how the um, it's the, the American dream. You have your Saturday and Sunday off, right? Like it's it's part of... Like you had, you work Monday through Friday and then you have your weekends off. Of course. I didn't even know if it was Saturday. That's weird to me. 
I'm I'm normally always know what day Saturday and Sunday is, you know. Yes. So yeah, it but it, it had me brain fog was really bad, muscle fatigued where I was rolling around all night long, couldn't really sleep or daytime long. I don't know whatever it was, and uh, yeah, so it was it was not the the best time I ever had. I don't know about you, but the isolation part of the whole quarantining is it's brutal. Yeah, it's like it's brutal. You know, I like my alone time too. You know, I like having that time set away where I can get away from people and just kind of get in touch with my thoughts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Quarantining was a different story, man. For me, it was a dark time. And there there were, I mean, there were things going on in my life otherwise, too. Uh, I had a lot of breakdowns in the structure of my everyday life and of, you know, relationship issues. You name it. It was, it was all hitting me kind of at once. And then COVID little bit of icing on the cake there. It's just like, bam, now go sit in a room for two weeks and think about what you've done. <laughs> you know, go think about all the shit that you just stirred and everything that's happening. Do you, do um, you sub- subconsciously think that maybe it was a punishment somehow? Dude, I, it wasn't even subconscious. I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I, I messed up. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it was like a loud apology to, you know, uh, it was just like, no, it was a lot of things happening at once. And as far as the testing goes, though, I'm, I'm used to being tested, you know, yeah, true. working in my industry in long term care. We get tested twice per week anyway, if the county numbers are up and they have been for some time. Um, otherwise, we're still getting getting tested once per week, regardless, you know, just because Rona. Right. right. And so that's just matter of fact for us in, in the industry. I would not have even known. And so I was used to it. I'm used to getting that thing poked up there and twisted around your eye waters a little bit. Um, I, I didn't have it as bad as other reports that I've heard people there to get a little bit of a nosebleed and it stuffs up their nose for like a day and a half. I don't really, I didn't have that problem. Right. But, uh, didn't even know that I had Rona. I mean, I, there was nothing going on and I'm sitting in the office with the boss and she tells me, it's like, Hey, you, you, you gotta go. I was like, Oh crap. It's like, you're kidding me. It was the last thing on my mind with everything else going on in life. I, I thought maybe I'd get Rona like back in March, April when everything first started hitting. The toilet paper was flying off the shelves. You know, you couldn't find anything. And the the basic, I guess the 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 fear of the pandemic just kind of darkened our society for a while. It was just a weird time. Well, lo and behold, later, this was in October, uh, right before Halloween, I tested positive, had to go home. And the only symptoms that I had other than crippling anxiety at, at some points in time, which was also compounded by everything else that was going on in my life. And then I had to stay in this room um, for, you know, t- the better part of two weeks. So the anxiety was there, though, because at one point in time, it just hit me. I have COVID. And so I started thinking, man, what if I can't breathe? Mm-hmm. What, what if it starts to, you know, make my, my respiratory system shut down? It sent me into a panic attack. And that's not something that I do. I just don't, I don't have those. I've had a couple in my life and that was one of them. And the walls were literally closing in. had a really rough time with that. Otherwise I lost my taste and smell for three days, which was tough. It's tougher than like what I would have ever imagined because I didn't lose my appetite. I was bored. So I was eating constantly anyway, snacking, but I couldn't taste or smell anything. It's like everything I was eating was just like, I might've been eating paper. Did you test that at all? Like, did you try coffee and things like that? Things that are really bitter normally and it didn't, you just couldn't taste it at all? There was nothing. That's so weird. And there was no congestion. Like sometimes when you get sick, your your nose is stuffed up. And so it, it, when your smell is affected, your taste tends to diminish as well. This wasn't that. I could breathe just fine because I was all constantly testing myself because of the anxiety. I would 
taking a deep breath. Okay, I still have the capacity that I had before. Right. And so, but and I could breathe just fine. But there was nothing. There was no taste, no smell. And I, I had read during that time some research. I don't want to spout it off now because I don't remember it all and I don't have it handy. But about how COVID affects the actual, like, it's not just the taste buds. It's the receptors in your brain that tell you what the taste buds are supposed to do. Somehow it's affecting that. And so it, it wasn't a matter of congestion once again. It was a matter of, like, the absence of taste wow. in my receptors, whatever that means. Hmm. Um, but anyway, that was weird. Let me tell you what uh, what fixed it, though. And I, I can't say for sure it fixed it, but this is what jump-started my taste buds again. And it was a magical moment. Red Hot Ripplets. It was on hmm. day day three. Now, I'm not saying Red Hot Ripplets is the antidote, but I'm saying it's worth a shot because it worked for me. I mean, it's you never have a bad time with a Red Hot Ripplet regardless, so exactly. it's definitely worth a shot. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so I figured, it, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any expectation of being able to taste the Red Hot Ripplets um, when I was put, shoving them in my mouth. But I love Red Hot Ripplets anyway, and so I thought, you know, why not? And so I started eating them, and all of a sudden it was like, it wasn't quite a tingling, but something like that. It's like everything started firing back up and I could taste the red hot ripplets. And honestly, that's really what started to turn around my COVID experience was in, in you know, red hot ripplets. Thank you, old Vienna. <laughs> Come in and save the day again. But yeah, that was my experience, man. And never did have symptoms. I mean, right. I, I had to really, really focus and concentrate on whether or not I had a sore throat, a little tingle, just a little, n nothing. I've had much more severe colds, common colds. Right. whatever this it was nothing for me so if i hadn't have gotten tested because of the, the the work that i do i would have never known until i lost my taste and so how many people do you think are out there who have no clue they're carrying the rona around everybody else and that's what blows my mind about this whole thing and i understand that there's not there's just not enough tests out there to test everyone you know once a, once a week or whatever mm -hmm. i i get it but it's like okay so like i, I do factory work so i'm in a plant full of people Half the people in there could have it and not know they have it. Half the people in there could be on their deathbed because they have it. But anybody who has it, like knows they have it, they have the uh, health department has to contact anybody that they've been around in the last however many days. Mm -hmm. But if you don't get tested and you don't show symptoms, you don't know you have it. But you can still go to work. And you can still do all these things without ever getting tested. Yes. It, it, it doesn't, like, I understand that there's nothing you can really do, but it doesn't make sense because it's like, okay, just because I got tested, it's basically like I don't have it because I can still go to work and I can still do all these things. I don't have to quarantine, mm -hmm. you know, or anything like that. But other people are on their deathbed because, it, you know, because they for sure have it, but they could have gotten it from one of those people. I, it, it's, it's crazy. But like I said, I understand that you don't have... There's just not enough tests in the world to be able to test everyone, you know, once a week. All the time. Yeah, right. And that's what you would have to do, man, because it, I think everybody's chasing their tail out of necessity because nobody really knows what to do because of the, you know, the elusive nature of, of COVID. Right. You can have it and not show symptoms. And there are some people out there who are really sick and they don't have COVID. You know, they still they just have the flu or right. the cold or something, a severe cold, something like that. So there's just no way to to really to really tell. But at some degree, you know, it, it's just going to have to run its course, don't you think? I mean, I, I think people are doing the best they can for good reason because I've known, like, I know people who died from COVID, several people. Now, granted, all the people that I know were elderly, 
or they had other severe you know, bodily conditions. They had a medical condition. One, she was young. She was about my age, so youngish, and she had a respiratory con- condition. She she passed away because it attacked you know where your weakness is. That's another thing about the devil, COVID. It goes to where your weakness is. Like right. if you have any kind of a pre-existing condition, COVID comes over the top and and takes you out based on that condition that you have. That's just that you know that's that's pretty vicious, yeah. you know, but. Um, but otherwise, I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, we, we all, there, there's been a, a severe lapse in our quality of life across the world, you know, but just speaking, you know, in, in our country, in our, our region, you know, you're seeing small businesses get shut down while the big ones are staying open. And even the big ones are losing money. They're, they're suffering to the degree that a big business suffers during right. a pandemic, and people are staying at home. There's been no concerts. You can't go to sporting events. All these things have been shut down. And I understand that we're trying to save as many people as possible. But at the same time, don't you think it's just probably to some degree it's going to have to run its course and we're going to have to get past this and then move on into life post-COVID? Yeah, but they're going to want that. They're going to want us to get through it with as little spreading as possible, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah, it does. you know, you know, let's not worry about concerts and things like that right now, because, mm-hmm. you know, let's let kind of let us run it, let it run its course without having those things. Problem is how long is that course going to be ran before we get back to any of those kinds of things? You know, it's just, yeah. I, and, and when do we know that the course, like it has ran its course. When do we know we can go back to normal? New Zealand just said that they're, virus free and everything's fine again how do you do that yeah i don't know if i believe them (laughs) i don't know i don't know if i buy that but yeah i you do it because you i I don't know if they've shut down all travel which i think at one point they did i don't know if that's still the case probably is so they don't have anybody from the outside coming in you know america we've got people coming in and out all the time right from different countries that's why you know back in the, the the long long ago i think with the spanish flu <clears throat> which was in the early 1900s <clears throat> they you know it would still spread across a lot of the the world and we didn't have planes carrying people from china to america every single day or from europe to america or from europe to china right and so things just spread nowadays like crazy in, in a matter of days a matter of days i remember when it first hit china it was in late you know 2019 and we thought, oh, crap, you know, hopefully it doesn't get to America. Well, a month later, bam, you know, places were shutting down. And on the on the concept of, of not wanting to spread it, that's exactly the, the, the point. Because even from the beginning, the experts said that there was no stopping it. They were just trying to keep the hospital systems from being overwhelmed. And I could see that now. Because if you go up to, like, for instance, St. Anthony's Hospital up in St. Louis, they have a tent city built up there with, I guess, oxygen uh, tanks and things like that for people because they don't have enough room inside. Right. You know, and people who have other medical conditions, I know someone who went to, they had a a fall and had some other problems going on. They went up there to St. Anthony's and couldn't be seen because COVID was overwhelming the hospital. So if you've got something else going on, you break your arm or you got, I don't know, you know, a piece of glass stuck in your foot or something like that, you try to go to the hospital, you can't because the hospital systems are overwhelmed with this this, you know, their max capacity because of all the people who need their services because of COVID. So that was what they were trying to, trying to quell. That's what they were trying to manage by the social distancing, not having the concerts, not having the sporting events. And I get it. 
but it's still this quality of life thing. It, it, I just don't know what the answer is, I guess. I'm just, I, it seems to me like it, at this point, with the social distancing measures that we have, it's going to have to run its course, and we're going to have to move on from, from that point. Right. And, of course, now what they're saying is going to hopefully help us with the vaccination, right. which is a whole other ball of wax. Do you have any thoughts on the vaccination? I'm going to give you the easy answer. I'm going to let it run for a while. And then if if we don't have people turn into zombies or whatever, then I'll put more thought into it. Yes. As of right now, I don't have a desire to. Should I? Probably. If it's a possibility that it could make me not have to go through what I went through, then I should probably be thinking harder about it. And I know there's a lot of people out there who are 100% against it. A lot of people out there who are 100% for it. Mm-hmm. But um, I do have a lot of friends who are in the medical field who are, of course, required to get it. Mm. And I haven't seen any issues from any of them yet. Yeah. Uh, I do have a question, though. Did you see, I'm, I think there's several videos out, but have you seen like some of the fake vaccination videos that have been floating around? Yes. The, the one in particular where I don't even know who the dude was, but he looked like a, a high-level doctor of some kind or something. He was something. an Asian, Asian guy, right? Uh, was this guy Asian? I don't know, but it just showed another doctor giving this guy an injection, mm-hmm. and and the syringe didn't look like it had anything in it anyway. And he never pushed it down. Yeah, and he, well, he kind of went like this, but there was no. You could tell it was. But who's who's going to post that though? I mean, if I'm somebody and I'm trying to perpetuate some kind of false narrative, you know, I want to I want to put on this ruse so that people think that this guy's getting a vaccination. I could have done a much better job than what they did. Why couldn't you fill it with like saline or something like that? Give them an injection of something right. to at least make it look good. But they knew this was going to be videotaped. This was a lot of people were there apparently because as soon as it was done, you heard people clapping and cheering and stuff. Yeah. It's like, man, I don't. It was in like this this professional official setting, like yeah. om- almost like a White House type of setting, something like that. I don't know where it was at, but it, it's almost too fake, dude. Yeah. It's like if you're going to fake something. They can do a better job than that. Right. So it makes me wonder, what the hell? You know, was this was this something that was supposed to trick people into thinking that the whole thing is is fake? Because that's how fake it looked. It looked too fake to be even be tr- right. real whatsoever. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I don't get that video. And I was thinking about that. At that same token, though, because I do work in the healthcare field, and it's not mandatory yet to work in at least in my field. And, and have to get the vaccination. But if at some point in time it is, and I'm still, I'm, I'm more on the fence now after that video, not because I feel like they were faking us trying to get us to take the vaccination, even though it may be unsafe. I'm back to what the hell, because I don't know what was going on there. Right. Because if, if they're going to fake something, they can fake it and, and fool a greater part of the population, I would think. Right. Because that video was terrible. Whatever they were doing... I don't know. I just don't get it. Right. I don't, I don't know what was going on there. So, but the vaccination, I, I want to want to do it. And I'm not a vaccine guy. I don't think I've ever had the flu shot ever. And I don't have problems with the flu. And I think that that's probably, if you can be like that, that's the way to go. Let your, your body's natural immunities like do its thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if this, if, if COVID is, you know, because I do know people that have died and I don't want to spread it to anyone who is immunocompromised. I don't want to be that guy uh, because I don't want to, I guess, be the selfish guy or whatever. But so I'm thinking, okay, well, the vaccine's probably a good thing. 
But at the same time, is it safe? Because this this has been pushed through quicker than any other vaccine right. ever in the history of vaccines, right. as, as far as I know. I'm not a vaccine historian or anything, but from what I gather, this was pushed through way, way quicker. And people are lined up, though, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hear everybody from from Joe Rogan saying, "Yeah, I'll take it as soon as, as soon as I get the chance." Um, to other, you know, just high high level people, you know, that you see um, high visibility people, you know, famous people. And then even friends, I've seen people on on Facebook, like you said, in the, in the medical community who are getting the shot and they're proud to do it and they're posting videos of it. Okay, I get it. And that's kind of where I was leaning as well, because I know a lot of people who are 100% against it. They're 100% and I get why. So I almost want to be that guy just to do it, to, to, to get it. And if I fall out, if something bad happens to me, then you know not to get the shot. But if I do okay and I take the vaccine and, and everything's kosher, then you might want to reconsider go ahead and getting it. Not not just for you, but for those around you. I don't know. I mean, I have a, a mom who's 67 years old now. You know, I don't want her to get COVID and really suffer because of her age. Right. Even though I think she's probably already had it. Um, she just never got tested. I've had a lot of people in my uh, my circle of people who have said that. Oh, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I had it back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard it, it? I've heard several different things, but the main one that I've heard is three months that apparently after you've had it, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like three months that you're immune to it. I wonder how they know that. Just from, uh, I guess the studies, I guess watching people through this past year and something who have had COVID, um, it just, didn't, it just of... didn't seem like it's really, I mean, I know a year's a long time, but it doesn't seem like it's been long enough to be able to come up with that those kind of numbers and that kind of time frame you know what i mean yeah it's a generalization i'm sure it's a somewhat of an educated guess to some degree i would imagine you know but like i said we get tested in my industry weekly and since i had covid i don't have to get tested for 90 days and so i keep telling people who don't like the test well just get covid you don't have to worry about it for three months and take your chances yeah it's a joke but um i i did see uh What's the vaccination called? Is it Moderna? Moderma? Moderna is, Moderna. It, that's a company that's, oh, okay. yeah, it's, I, I believe it's Pfizer and Moderna. I believe it's the two, because Pfizer is a drug company. Yeah. I believe Moderna is a drug company from somewhere in Europe, I believe. Okay. Don't, don't quote me on that. Don't quote me on anything when okay. it comes to this stuff, but I'm pretty sure that, they- that was a collaboration. It, it's Pfizer something and Moderna might be that because there's two different companies coming out with vaccines now. Oh, okay. And so I don't remember all the names, but yeah, I know Pfizer's one, Moderna's one. I'm not sure if they're together or separate, but Pfizer's definitely partnered with somebody on one vaccine. Then the other guy has the other one. But do we have a name of the vaccine itself? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't think know. it's just okay. COVID vaccine. Okay. I don't know if it the reason why I ask is I seen a, a meme on Facebook the other day that said whatever the name of it is, and then it was a it was on a picture of Pfizer, and it said because you trust us with your penis, <laughs> because I, they make uh, Viagra. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Okay, I mean I could see the logic there. Yeah. Because not that I take the Viagra, but it's yeah. I mean you know I it's get funny. It. I get. <laughs> <laughs> however, I get however, I, it feels like ED drugs probably took a lot longer to get pushed through you know than what this seems like it took a couple months so well, it seems like a couple months it was definitely longer than that but, yeah it, you know. it was uh i mean they've been they've been on it since about march trying to get the vaccine like really that's when the wheels started really turning and they they projected calculated that it was going to be done by the end of this year and they hit that projection yeah now 
Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Only time will tell. Um, yeah, Moderna is, I guess, the other the other company who's making the vaccine. And then Pfizer is in cahoots with, I'm not saying who their partner is. I, I know they had a, a partner. Um, it might be this Pfizer BioNTech, B-I-O-N, letter N, tech, COVID vaccine. So yeah, I guess it's Pfizer, BioNTech, and then Moderna also has a second. Yeah, they become the second to get U.S. authorization for the for the COVID virus. Gotcha. I don't see a name for the virus or the, the vaccine itself. But it needs one. Yeah. It needs one. I agree. I'm just, <laughs> we'll have to think on that and kind of come up with a good, because you've got Rona. I think that's a, the perfect name for the virus. Yeah. Um, now we just need Rona's uh, counterpart name. <laughs> so any of you out there, if you could think of a good name for the right. for the vaccine, shoot it to us and we'll we'll make it happen. That's the kind of pool we've Some, got. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just waiting for life to get back in order. And, and one of the things that I know that you as well as myself, one of the things that, that Rona, amongst many other things, but the one thing it did throw off is getting into the gym, you know, packing into the gym with other people who may or may not have the virus and just different things like that. I mean, that's if the vaccine works to get us back on track, it, it's really, it, man, it's, it's hard to know. Like, how unsafe is this thing? I know that they, they are saying, and I'll get back to the gym in a second, but they are saying that there's a like a three day window and it's during or after your second shot. So the, the vaccine comes in two different injections. You get one three weeks later, you get the second one after the first one, nothing. It's just, they're putting in this, this molecule that synthesizes the protein, whatever, and, and helps your body to learn how to fight off the virus. They're not injecting you with a live virus like they do with my understanding is the flu virus. Okay. Um, but then after the second shot, you get sick for a couple of days, two or three days, and it's like you have the flu. And so you're going to feel like shit there for a minute. But then after that, that's when your body adjusts. It learns how to fight that particular virus, and then you move on with your life. Right. If that is the case, the best case scenario, right, if that is the case and we can get society back on track and I can go to a concert again and go see a Cardinals game, and go to the gym guilt-free, you know, and go when they're during peak times. We don't have to worry about too many people being in there. Um, that's pretty compelling. It, yeah. It's pretty compelling. And also, of course, the main thing is if it saves lives, you know. Like I said, we, I've lost some people close to me um, who, you know, they, they got COVID and they were older. And uh, the, the man already had pneumonia. But then COVID took its course and bam, it attacked that weakness and he was gone. His wife died the next day. Oh, man. They went together, which is kind of sweet because yeah. they were old. But, I mean, we lost two very good people. And so, I mean, if, if the vaccine, first and foremost, can save lives. And you got to look at that indirectly, too. It's not just saving the lives from people who might contract COVID. But all those people who aren't getting into the hospital because there's no room, what's going on with them? I mean, they might have some kind of late stage or, or mid-stage disease that turns late stage because they can't go in and get their treatment. Or you might have someone with a, with an infection that can't get to the hospital because the hospitals are overwhelmed and they become septic and then their organs start shutting down and they die. You right. know, So there's a lot of indirect things going on here too, mm -hmm. as well as the indirect impact on our economy and on those small business owners that we know personally and the people out there who use that as their job to, to put food on the table for them and their kids, you know, so... If a vaccine can turn all of that around, it's pretty compelling. Yeah, the conspiracy theories do do still ring 
in my head though, as usual. So you have any examples of off the what? top of your head of a, cons- of a conspiracy? Like what kind of a conspiracy is run- running in your head that would tell you, I don't want to get this vaccine? Well, I mean, because it, of that, yeah, it, that video that just perpetuates those things too, right? It's like, what, what's even going on there? Yeah. It's almost too fake to be fake or whatever. I don't even know what I'm trying to say there, but it, <laughs> that's what the video does to my head. It really yeah. confuses me. Right. Um, well, at first, you know, Bill Gates being behind this in, in general is just weird. You know, I saw a meme the other day and a lot of people pick on Bill Gates, you know, and if you talk to like some of our other friends, um, they'll take up for Bill Gates. Like, look, he's, you know, he's been out there feeding poor countries for a while and helping people become literate in, in you know, in ghetto situations, poverty situations, I should say, um, in different places in the world. But him being a part of it in general, the richest man in the world, or used to be at least before Bezos kind of took that crown, but um, him being a part of it in any way, it, it automatically is suspicious to a guy like me. It's like, what, what, what are you doing? What, what's your angle? I mean, is it um, not just the money aspect? The money that it takes to actually, is, is that why he's he got his name attached to it, do you think? Is just because he's, maybe he's forking over a lot of money that is needed to get everything done that needs to be done for this? Yeah, and he already has the mechanisms in place. The Bill Gates Foundation, oh, yeah. the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, I guess is what it is. Um, they've been doing good stuff all over the world. Um, and so it's it's not just that, though. Then these conspiracy theories start coming out. But, yeah, I do think that's why. he has the, he's, he's already conquered the world, like the tech world and and the financial, like how much more money can you pile up on top of more money. Mm-hmm. He's already conquered that. So the guy's got to do something. So he's wanting to kind of take this, you know, this path of um, doing good things, you know. Right. And so I, I guess trying to just make sure that he leaves his legacy. You know, not just that he's, you know, super rich and does computers and he's a nerd, you know, <laughs> and do something else to kind of. Right. Uh, anyway, then they, and, and you can research this because he's been talking about a vaccine and he's even mentioned COVID sooner than just here recently, like before this COVID-19 came out, you know. And, the, and so once again, it's like, well, why were you working on this before? Well, he has insight into a lot of these different things, the viruses. If you focus on that, you can do your research and know that COVID has been around for a long time. It's just that COVID-19 is the most recent iteration of the COVID virus right. or the COVID disease, however that works. Coronavirus is what's like on the back of the Clorox wipes. Right. It says these th- these wipes will help to kill the coronavirus and been on there forever. Nobody just noticed until... But it's like a, it's like a strain of that, right? Yeah, it's a mutation. It's just like the flu. Like every year, you get if you, you can get a flu shot every year, but it's... The, the strain of the flu changes right. every year. And I've been told, and wh- whether it's true or not, but it came from a medical professional, is that they don't get the flu shot because that it's a different strain every year. So what you're getting was what was made in the past year to fight off the flu, the strain of the flu that was happening that year. Right. So you could get it this year, but what you're, the flu shot you're getting is to fight off what was around here last year yeah. kind of thing. So right. I don't know. I mean, is it better safe than sorry? I don't know. But I don't either. The flu, I don't. I don't ever touch the vaccine. Uh, I just never have. It, 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 I'm just not that guy usually. But, but anyway, the conspiracy started coming out with Bill Gates about microchips, putting microchips into the vaccine to show whether or not you've you've in fact gotten the vaccine. It's a way to track. And microchip um, conspiracy theories have been around for a while and Bill Gates is a computer dude and, right. and he's master of the universe, you know, so it just, this thing started to take shape, but he's talked about things like digital signatures. 
And so what they want to do is they want to give you a digital card like they're doing with all the state IDs now and everything. It's like it, it's, it has a tracking device, at least it's capable of, you know, and they want everybody to have these. And there's a lot of talk surrounding I could go down a rabbit hole here. I'm not going to. But there's a lot of talk about how we're going to be tracked in the future and whether or not this vaccine is being used to perpetuate that control over the human population by those who claim to be, in, in, in essence, are masters of the universe because of their money and power right. in, in our culture and our society. So um, those kinds of things, the conspiracies, have, have been uh, on my mind. And then I think what's just the, the most realistic conspiracy is just the, like we were talking about, the way that it was pushed through so quickly, yeah. whether or not it's safe, whether or not they're just using the population as guinea pigs, you know. And so th they could always write it off to say that, well, you know, these people, because they're giving it to healthcare personnel and long-term care residents first, right? So I'm already seeing the consent forms. I've already, you know, I've already looked at them. I've already studied what's on them. We're preparing them for long-term residents right now as we speak. Um, those things are being piled up and sent to the appropriate parties for signatures. So for people who are already sick or people who are, who are already like on the front lines, hospital staff, people like that, there's a pretty good, there's already a pretty good backdrop for an excuse to say, well, you know, they were already probably going to get sick. And so the vaccine probably had nothing to do with it, so on and so forth. So just that kind of like... The fear of the unknown is huge. Well, it's kind of scary too, though, because it's like, okay, you're that we're prioritizing who gets it first, who gets the vaccine vaccination first. Right. So, healthcare professionals, of course, is going to be in that you know that first category. Yeah. But then it's also the older crowd. So I think it's like sixty five and older. They're prioritized over everybody else. They're going to get the first rounds of something that everybody's nervous about, and before you really get to see what it's how it's affecting people. Right. We're going to give it to the people who are most susceptible to getting COVID or getting, uh, are most susceptible to it affecting them a lot worse than anyone else. And they're going to be the first people to get it. That's the guinea pigs. It's scary, man. I know, right? Yeah. Just think if you were one of those folks. Yeah. And long term care residents being first in line. I mean, it's, it, that's, I don't know. So I guess what we could, you know, if you want to put a silver lining to that, um, the rest of society is going to be able to see, you know, you're going to be able to tell because if you've got the reason why long-term care residents are getting it first is because they're the most susceptible. Yeah. And it's true. There's no conspiracy to that because in nursing homes across the country, when Rona gets in the building, it devastates that building. I mean, it devastates them. You know, it just, it's hard. People die. People get sick. They're, they're not able to see their families have visitors, you know, even in hospitals when they go into a hospital, uh, you can't have family members coming in. And I think I think when someone is actively passing, they might let you in one at a time. And, but most of the time, you can't get in to see your dying relative, whether it's your mom right. or dad or whomever, right? And so it, it's a bad deal. It is a devastating, devastating disease that's happening. But at the same time, the vaccine just kind of compounds the fear that everybody has. So we've got this deadly thing that's ravaging our society. But here's this vaccine that nobody knows shit about, right? right? We don't yeah. know anything about this. And... I'm kind of scared to take it. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm willing to do that. Right. Kind of puts you in between a rock and a hard place. Right. And so, but to be honest with you, I know enough people that are standing in line, proverbially, there's no actual line yet. <laughs> Just want to make that clear. <laughs> but they are standing in line waiting to get this vaccine because they, they, they want it. They're ready for it. And, and a big, a big um, motivating factor for that 
is that they want to get back out. They want to stop this quarantine. They want, you know, things to go back to the way they were. Right. Or at least to some semblance of normalcy, like there right. used to be if things were ever normal. But you know what I mean. Yeah. So there are enough people who are going to voluntarily step up to the plate and get that vaccine. That I don't think anybody who has any kind of hesitation about getting it, you don't really need to worry about it because there, there are enough people who are willing to, to be that guinea pig. Hmm. Still scary. Yeah. <laughs> the other big conspiracy before we move on is just basically that, you know, like when, when you go to school, I'm pretty sure it's still this way. If you're going to go, if you're going to use the public school system, which is not a constitutional right, you know, it's, it's a, it's a privilege. It's kind of a, it's a socialized privilege that we have public school systems for anybody who, who thinks they're not, they don't have any kind of yeah, liberal tendencies, right? Because we all put in money into this pot through our tax dollars and we have this public school that we can send our kids to. But I know when I was a kid, you couldn't, I couldn't go to school until I had my, my vaccinations right. for what was it? The, I don't know, the measles and the smallpox or whatever didn't, they didn't were. You, didn't you have to get like a tetanus booster shot and stuff like that? Too? Yeah. All that good stuff. What is, how do you get tetanus? You always say like, to get tetanus, you have to like get stuck by a rusty nail or something like that. Is that true? Is that it? That's, I mean, that's what I was always told. But you're required to get a, te- a TV booster just in case? Yeah, I don't know. I'm confused. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know how tetanus works. That's, I, that could be the reason. <laughs> I could, I could speculate because it, you know, things were coming to my mind, but it's all just speculation. So I don't, I don't have any idea really. Okay. But, uh, but I know I had to get those those shots before I could go to school. Now, were they going to come to my door, knock down my door, and, and force me to take shots and start slinging syringes at me like you know Chinese throwing stars and, and, and force me to take the shot? No, they weren't going to do that. But if I was going to use the public school system, my parents had to go take me to get those shots. So there is some speculation as to what they are going to, how they're going to try to pigeonhole society, the, all the naysayers to the vaccination, all the, and this isn't even really in my mind, an anti-vaxxer type of thing. Anti-vaxxers are those, you know, those Karen type of people who homeschool their kids and yeah. they, they just, you know, it, it's a thing. This is different because this this has some real questions to it, like, because nobody knows anything about it. There hasn't, there hasn't been time for anybody to know anything about it. And so I, I think it's a different thing, but it is a thing all, all in and of itself. But, you know, the, the question remains... What are they, how are they going to how are they going to pigeonhole us? Are are they going to let you not go to school if your kids don't have vaccinations? Can you work in healthcare if you don't take the vaccination? At some point in time, if you don't have that digital signature card that they're talking about, can you even go to the the store? Do you have to have that card to even get in? And then you start you start getting into some of the mark of the beast stuff there. You know, you start getting into some real heavy topics. Yeah. And if you want to go down that conspiracy hole. There, I mean, the door's wide open for those. And yeah, it's it's probably still just conspiracy. It's probably just another brick in the wall of the big, you know, storyline that a lot of people like to, you know, put in our, our day and time as far as the end times, things like that. But I don't know. If you're looking through that lens, it's pretty, it's pretty hectic out there, man. Just control in general, pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Control. And, and the way to control is you've got to be able to manage the... Um, well, you got to be able to manage the population somehow. And we never had the realization before in our past of how to really control a population. Like if the government wanted to right now, of course, we have these tracking devices right here right. everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. There was no other way before, like in the 70s and 80s, 
even in the 90s, you know, because I grew up hearing about the mark of the beast and about the tribulation period and and the way that the you know the, the government's going to start taking control over people. And if you don't take the mark, then you can't buy, sell, or trade. You know, that's how they're going to control society. Well, it was always such a big question because it was like, how? How could they possibly know where I'm at at all times? Right. Well, guess what? Now they do. Now, they don't have to because I don't have to have this phone. But if there's something like a vaccination where they're going to force people to take it or else you can't go buy, sell, or trade, then you're getting in something there that can lend itself to some some pretty heavy, you know, train of thought. Right, yeah. And so that's, that's, that's the conspiracy theories that kind of are being perpetuated now, even though a lot of people don't even have the same the same vantage point, if you will, the same perspective as me. They didn't have the same upbringing and um, the same uh, philosophies that were instilled in me at a young age. Um, but they just know that something's weird about this. It's like this this is not right. It's a, it's just off. It's a little crazy. It's like this is a little controlling. And it seems like they're 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 hiding something, right? Yeah. There's just this this air of not even mystique, unless it's a, a malicious mystique, if you want to put it that way. It's right. just something that they're not telling us, and, and people are catching on to it, but we don't know what it is. Yeah. Don't you hate people who they know something, and they give you hints, but they won't tell you what it uh-huh. is? <laughs> yes, I do. But you know, you know what I just thought about? And it just clicked in my head. Mm-hmm. There, You know who is really amped up about all this COVID stuff, though, right? The writers of Black Mirror. Oh, man. I can't wait for the next season of Black Mirror now. Dude. What, is there any expected I, release of any more new episodes? I haven't seen anything or anything like that, but I have to imagine that this is just given fuel for all kinds of different scenarios. Like, they could probably do, like, one season, a full season of shows that's just, like, all different ways that COVID affects, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the short, the short-term, futuristic... You know, I, I guess isn't that what it's they consider themselves like near future, near futuristic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like th- this is like the perfect scenario for them to be able to write awesome shows, absolutely, and scare the living piss out of everyone, <laughs> <laughs> me included. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, and it, the vaccination too. Like you yeah. can take that and run with it as well. Mm-hmm. It's like what kind of little what nano robots are they putting uh-huh. in us? And yeah, right. yeah. yeah. I forget who it was. There was, I think it was a Poindexter was his last name, which is a, you know, a famous uh, family in America for a long time. But there was a, there was a recording and one of his friends at the time recorded him saying something like, um, well, yeah, you know, our plan is to put chips in everybody. And if we don't like that person, if they're not doing the right thing, we shut them off. Meaning that they just turn you off like a computer. It's like, it, so it, they just objectify the the general population based off their money and power because they have the, the now the technology is what it all comes down to without the technology there was no i mean you could look back all through history those in power have always tried to ultimately control the population always that's how like during the time but before the gutenberg press you know the bible was only in i think latin you know it was only uh, written in that and there was no mass uh, dissemination of it because nobody could read nobody could read and so what happened is gutenberg printed the bible bunches of it i think and that was after the king james version was written he printed a bunch of them then that's that's what perpetuated it's what really got a western civiliza- civilization learning how to read because now there was a bible that now they had it in their hands really they didn't have to rely on the translation of the of the of the priest who could tell them anything that he wanted to. Gotcha. And so the hierarchy, like the Pope was in charge, uh, the kings of countries would relegate to the Pope 
basically their, their decisions. He was the one really making all the decisions through them to the population. And it was just this means of control. And they used one of the main sources of uh, a, a mechanism of control, which was religion, right. in order to control the people. People have always, always tried to control the population. So, so it's nothing different, but technology changes things. So for somebody conspiracy-minded, you're not saying that the virus was put out there on purpose, but you're saying that there are means to take advantage of it being out there to control people. Mm -hmm. There's been a saying out there, and I probably said it on the show several times, but you don't ever want to let a good crisis go to waste. Right. And I want to say that was Hillary Clinton. It might have been somebody else. I, I like to blame stuff on her. I do. <laughs> but she might have actually been the one who said it. But uh, I, I think at the very least, they're not letting a good crisis go to waste because it's just a matter of time. A lot of these things are war, just a matter of time. You don't have to go out there really and try to start something just to you know, start some kind of a, a control mechanism to put it in place. Mm -hmm. When 9-11 happened, of course, there's some you know conspiracy there, whether or not it was an inside job. But let's say it's not. <clears throat> if it's not, then what, what happened after that? They put in the Patriot Act, right? And they put in the, the NSA spying system that Snowden blew out. You know, he, he blew that wide open. Mm -hmm. All these things. They didn't let that crisis go to waste so that they could take more and more power, get more and more information, keep all of us, all of our information on these mainframes. And they're not listening to what you and I say all the time. They don't need to. But if they ever felt like they did, they can, they can access it through those mainframes. Okay, well, here's you know, James Wade. I'm going to check his stuff out. Okay, he was talking on the phone here. He looked up this website. Yeah, we could probably connect him to something if, if they ever needed to. I mean, I doubt they'll ever need to because I'm nobody, but you know what I'm saying. They, they could. Now, the mainframes are in Area 51, right? Is that right? <laughs> I don't think so. No? Uh -uh. Oh, man. We would have known if they would have actually stormed it. <laughs> I know. A bunch of pussies. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. a callback right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that there's somewhere, where is it, Utah? They have like acres and acres of mainframes. And you've got to consider, I've got how many gigs in this little bitty thing right here. Um, they've got acres of mainframes that just do nothing but store information. So crazy. Yeah. And so a lot of SD cards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everything that everybody's ever, ever typed and said since, since cell phones since smartphones and things like that, they've got it. And, and on the computer, all your keystrokes, your internet, you know, usage, your, you know, whatever it's, it's all in there. So crazy. that's how they have the, the means to manage now on the note of Bill Gates. One more thing I saw a meme. I don't know how true it is, but I do, I do know that there's been some talk about this before it's not something new but it showed an old picture of him and it said something like he created viruses back then to um, create an antivirus software to fix it then it shows a picture of him now and it says i wonder what he's up to nowadays <laughs> so mean... is is there a conspiracy that it was put out there on purpose corona yes that conspiracy is there of course that it was put out there in order for them to come back in and save the day right is that true? I, I don't know. It, that's, that's, you know that's, a, that's a pretty big one. Yeah. So I, I think if nothing else, it was probably negligence. Um, because if anybody did create it, you know, it seems like they're for certain that it came out of China. All right. The virus has where it originated. And so at first it was kind of like the bat soup scenario. It's like the wet market. Mm -hmm. And then it was, they, you know, they have a lab out there in Wuhan where it was known that they were working with the coronavirus. And so did it originate from there and just accidentally get out? I don't know. But they're, they're not going to let a good crisis go to waste. That's the, the main important point. Right. But it's also a strain of something that's already been a thing before. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of easy to ride off of that. I mean, I, and I'm not saying conspiracy. I'm just saying that, like, it, nobody would know. Like, they, they could have named this anything they wanted to. They could have said it was a strain of anything. 
Like they could have said it was it's the flu. Mm-hmm. It, nobody would have known. Right. 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 So it's like they they pinpointed this one thing like coronavirus, which is on like we said is on the back of every antibacterial wipe that you know that you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's just weird. I don't know. Like I said, it's just you, you could call it anything you want, but I don't know. Corona sounds pretty pretty crazy to me. Well, it's catchy. And I know that Corona sales have gone down since all this started. <laughs> Which I think is a shame because it's a good beer. It's a good beer. Yeah, I, I, I like I it. I haven't had one of those in a long time. I don't have them very often because I like to have those as kind of like a treat. Just an every once in a while thing because it has such a unique taste. Yeah, I can't but, do it all night long though. I can do a couple. But I normally have to do a lime. You do a lime? Not necessarily. No? Like if there's one available, yeah. But I'm not. If I, if I have it at home, I'm not cutting a lime up and putting it in my Corona. Okay. No, but I tell you what else I like is is Dos Equis. Yeah. I can take a Dos Equis here and there too, yeah. but I drink those sparingly just because they have such a unique taste. I don't want to I don't want to burn out on it, I guess. And I just like it as a as a treat every once in a while. But I don't care what you say, they're best on the beach. They just are. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they just belong there. <laughs> it's crazy. I could drink 100 Coronas if I'm on the beach mm-hmm. and be perfectly fine with that. From Not perfectly the- fine, but perfectly <laughs> fine with that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That's what I mean. But I I you know, if, if I'm at home, I'm drinking, you know, an IPA or a coffee stout or a dunkle every now and again. It's dunkle season right now. It is dunkle season. It's dunkle and stouts, man. Yep. It's good season for For them. sure. And I'm still drinking IPAs through the winter. And my, you know, if I'm just drinking and, and just wasting time and not really, you know, really focusing and, and trying to soak in the flavor so much, then I go with my, my Budweiser. I'm okay with that too. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, I normally... I normally start out with something that I'm really wanting the flavor for. I mean, I, I don't, I know like a lot of craft beer connoisseurs can do the, I'm literally going out cause I want to taste, I want to taste all the flavors in this beer and things like that. And that's great. Mm-hmm. But craft beer after like two to three, yeah. your taste buds are not firing on all cylinders. Like you want them to anyways. Mm-hmm. So I always plan on, the outcome of drinking when, even when I'm going to just try a beer or two, yeah, I, I'm expecting, okay, what beer do I really want to try? I'll try one of this and one of that. All right. Now give me a Budweiser or give me something to finish off the night with. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's the case unless I'm sticking with one particular type of craft beer. Like if I'm only doing a particular type of IPA, I can have three or four of those yeah. and, and do okay because I'm not trying to I'm, I'm not trying to throw my taste buds off right. you know and differentiate and I, I find that works pretty well or if I'm just drinking coffee stouts I can go through you know three or four coffee stouts and still do okay mm-hmm. but if I'm like if you're sampling I, I agree you can't you just there is no like nonstop path to sampling five six seven craft beers right plus you're going to be wasted yeah from my experience because uh-huh. i've tried it i've tried it but yeah <laughs> no. you lose you lose your taste buds there's and you can try to cleanse but it doesn't really work all that well not in I, my opinion i would say i mean it, it takes research to know how to i mean I, i'm sure like if you go to a bartender and say hey i want a flight of five different beers so they're going to give you little glasses of each one yes. they're going to tell you what order you should drink those in based off of the style of of the beer and how your taste buds react to different beers and things like that but i don't know it's just even one like i think a flight of like four or five is the best idea and then don't go for another flight because i think your your taste buds are 
you know, and most people go for a variety when they get a flight. Sure, of course. You know, a variety, everything from an IPA to a Dunkel to... Yeah, something you know, white, a white lager. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, and, you know, once you do that, it's you're all over the place anyways. And especially if you don't know what you're you're really trying to taste, you know, like if you just get a flight just because you've seen five different beers up there, if you don't have a description on those or anything like that, and you're just trying to taste what you can taste, it's... it. There's an art to craft yeah. beer is what I'm trying there to say. There is. There's a science behind it. Yeah. E- even like in a flight or if you're drinking in succession, it's like which ones do you drink first to, you know, to draw out and elongate the, the taste buds that you have so that you get to taste all the beers. Right. Like you probably don't want to start out with an IPA, right? Is that is that your understanding? Because I to me, that blows my taste buds. Yeah, I don't remember, to be honest. I think the hoppiness of, of IPAs, I, I can't really taste anything else at least not distinguish it like i could pre the ipa you know after that ipa it's pretty much i'm either ipa at that point on or i'm going to budweiser because at that point i'm just drinking yeah i'm not tasting and savoring and you know right that should be that should be budweiser's new slogan is just drinking (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) we're not so much for tasting (laughs) which you know back in the day i used to be a bud light guy but there was a there was a change in me and nowadays, the light beers, they, they don't cut it for me. I have to have a full-flavored beer, if you can call Budweiser a full-flavored beer, I guess, for what it is, an American lager yeah. that's mass-produced across the planet. I guess that they do have a, that taste because I'm drawn to it more so than just about any other mass-produced beer. Mm-hmm. You know. But i tell you another one that I've, I've drank again here recently that I use as a treat, and it really, really fires up my taste buds, Blue Moon. Hmm. I haven't had one of those in a really oh, long time. Dude, I had a draft Blue Moon the other day with uh, with my steak, and of course they had the orange in it mm-hmm. instead of the lime. The orange is a good a good uh, addition, and uh, yeah, Blue Moon's got it going on. Yeah, it's not something you want to like sit down and drink a a twelve pack of for sure. Right, right. But a couple Blue Moons, especially with dinner with with a steak. Oh man. Which we say mm. that, but we've had. We've had a few times in the past where we hung out at B Dubs for the night to do what just to hang out, and we've gone through quite a few pitchers of Blue Moon. Undoubtedly, yeah, yeah. So no. you can you can you can do a twelve pack if you wanted to. You can. I'm just saying it's not a good idea. <laughs> I'm just saying for for the the approach that we're looking for. Yeah, right. you know, because I'm not trying to be a hypocrite. I'm not saying that I've never done this. I, I've been through a six pack of IPA. I went through a six pack of IPA the other night, and it it was a good time. Like it's probably like drinking 13 or 14 Budweiser's to be honest with you yeah. because I don't know the, the alcohol content is just on point with them. But, but after the second, third IPA, you're not really enjoying the IPA in all its fullness and right. all its flavor at that point in time, you're just drinking. So if you have a backup beer, then you want to go for that. Same with blue moon, like and, and Dos Equis, Corona, you can drink those like it's going out of style, but it's just, it's just not the preferred method for the experience that you get with those beers. Right. And, and that's the thing is like, in the cool thing about most uh, craft breweries, like say your urban chestnuts or your civil life, or, you know, all these places in St. Louis is that most of them have like a Pilsner too, or a light lager all as well. Mm-hmm. Now, is it going to taste like a Budweiser? If you go in there and say, what do you have that tastes most like Bud Light? They're probably going to give you something. You know, but it, there, there is, there's most of the time a Pilsner or a lager or something like that you can do. So even if you go to like me, like I said, I go to a craft brewery, I'm focused on one to two, maybe three at the most beers that I really want to taste. I really want to, 
you know, get the flavor from. Mm -hmm. And then let's switch over to that Pilsner because I know that's going to be a light drinking beer, but it's still not going to be a Bud Light. It's still going to be, you know, a little bit higher ABV most of the time Mm -hmm. and still going to have more flavor than a light, light enough to drink, but it's still a lot of flavor. Now, I like the logic. I might actually, though, if I'm taking my own experience and using some of that logic, I'm going to actually start out with like a citywide Pilsner because it is light because it's not going to wreck my taste buds. Okay. And then move on to something heavier, then maybe finish off with an IPA and then go back to the Pilsner. Okay. Because at that point in time, I'm no longer going to be able to taste the fullness of the beer, but the Pilsner is, it's just a good light enough beer to where it's not going to be like, it's not going to continue to wreck you. But what's the reason for the starting with a Pilsner? Because I do like the way it tastes. Especially citywide. I mentioned that one on purpose. Citywide right. Pilsner, just that, that's one of my favorite beers in that genre of beer. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know, it has, a, it has a great little bite to it, but it's not like an overpowering IPA. It's just not like hitting you upside the head with hops mm-hmm. and, and pine trees or fruit. You know, it's just, it, it's just a good light style beer. I might even start off like if I'm at home, I might start off with a, a Schlafly's White Lager. There you go. Those are good. Mm-hmm. And then move on to a citywide pills. And then maybe go into maybe some kind of a, a I don't know, a, a giddy goat or a chocolate milk stout. Mm-hmm. And then finish off with uh, an IPA, right? And then if I continue to drink, if I'm at home, I'm probably going back to Budweiser. Because yeah. then I'm just drinking. Yeah. The, and, the funny thing is we were saying this because this is what we would do. But there's probably, if any craft beer brewer or anything out there is going to look at you guys you are idiots yeah i know they're probably like laughing you and mocking. don't do don't do any don't listen to them at all <laughs> no this isn't for you we're just we're talking about us right this now. is for us oh wait there's a camera on What's right going on? <laughs> i mean you can take it for and i would love to hear some arguments i'd love to see some some social media posts or just someone who gets a hold of us and says look you guys got it wrong try this because i am always willing for sure. to be redirected absolutely i don't know shit i'm just <laughs> and, and i'm probably proving that right now and so you know, my philosophy is show me that I'm full of shit and help me to get on the right path. If you have, in fact, the right path to lead me down. And I'll be happy to uh, see what's up <laughs> when it comes to craft beer, at least. Right. Yeah. So at any rate. Has anybody thought that craft beer could possibly be the cure for Corona? Is it possible? I think if there's anything out there other than a direct vaccination into your veins, it would probably be craft beer you think? And, and red hot ripplets for your taste buds. Okay. No, I, mean, I don't it, know. It's, it's worth it. It's like if you do both at the same time, you, wa- you wash uh, some red hot ripplets down with like a giddy goat stout or something. There you go. I yeah, like, there I, you just instantly die. I'd, one of the two. <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I'd die happy. <laughs> so that would be okay. But there was some reports and there were some questions like, does alcohol kill the coronavirus, you know? And so there's, it, from what I could gather, once again, I don't know shit, right? I get most of my information from the internet, which there you go, right? Mm-hmm. I'm probably way off track. But anyway, from what I saw, there is a kind of like a fine line because consuming an alcoholic beverage in moderation is, that's healthy for you long before COVID, right? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, like a glass of red wine for dinner or a, a beer or two per day is supposed to be good for your system. Um, the problem is when you overdo it, yeah. you know, there, most people, they don't just drink to that extent. They drink more than that because that's the nature of the drug. Um, so if you drink too much, your, your immunities are lower. They're to that degree, a little more compromised than what they were before. Um, but if you don't drink any alcohol, it would probably be a good idea if you did 
because it's good for your system and that alcohol helps to, I guess, eat up any kind of critters that aren't supposed to be inside your body. I don't know. Once again, not a scientist. Well, I, th- I think I think alcohol has to be like diluted to a certain percentage too to be able to kill. That might not have made sense. Like you have, like you have to have a certain amount of alcohol in, like even your isopropyl alcohol or whatever. Sure. It has to be a certain percentage of alcohol to actually kill. Yeah, not be the diluted. virus, right? Yeah, which you're probably not getting from drinking a beer. Probably not, unless you drink a lot of it. Maybe it's but probably, probably going to put you in the hospital. Then it compromised your immunities. So yeah, it's probably a probably just a bunch of alcoholics out there just wishing for the best. <laughs> and I was right there with them, and just like, yeah, just on. just giving an excuse to drink more. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. I was like, I was like, come on, man. There's got to be some science behind this. Let's. Let's make drinking the cure for Corona. I heard that 26 Budweiser's kills the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and to take up that challenge, I mean, you could say hold my beer, but actually let me hold my beer. Yeah. I'll, hold, I'll double fist them. Yeah, get away, from, get away from my beer. I right. got coronavirus to kill. <laughs> <laughs> Along with brain cells. But yeah, man, we're running up on, on time here. And uh, I did want to mention that. I am back in the gym after all this, mm-hmm. um, to the degree that I can be. I'm trying to I'm trying to go during non-peak hours as much as possible, and um, so like seven eight o'clock at night, it's it's been pretty good. Although sometimes I end up going and I'm there with a, a fuller crowd. I just try to be careful. But uh, you know, we could talk more about this on our next chat. But it's good to be back in the gym for sure after after all this time because the gym is not just I just don't feel good because I get to see my muscles popping again which is happening, by the way. We kind of discussed that off air. Um, when you take some time off and you start getting back in there, it's like your muscle is just like, hey, welcome back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, let me bust out and say hi to you. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's what's up. But it's also, man, it's it's my number one coping skill. It is. It's just to be able to go into the gym and exert that energy and, and get that physical release is, uh, there's just nothing else that I have in life that compares to it, you know? And so... I do believe that exercise, to whatever degree that anyone does it, if you're a runner, that's maybe that's your thing. Um, I do appreciate being on the elliptical, and at a certain point, like I try to manage it um, when my endorphins really kick in and just wash over me, and I get that runner's high. It's mm-hmm. Like I, I've learned how to manage that, just to um, spread it out so it doesn't just hit me all at once. Because it feels great when it hits me all at once, but then I got I have to go the rest of the way right. without the the use of those endorphins. So you can use those as a tool. Mm-hmm. I learned this just by you know kind of you know monitoring myself and having that kind of insight paying attention to what's going on in my body when i'm uh doing that kind of physical activity so runners that i'm sure they have their own thing um you know uh crossfit you know all these people they have their different modes uh, of exercise lifting right now man is just my number one coping skill it's a stress reliever it makes my body feel good i feel like my immune system is strengthened by it my psychology is definitely strengthened by it. My emotional and, and mental state is just for that time during Corona, when I had Corona, it was such a dark time for all those reasons, you know, personal problems, um, quarantine, isolation, the lack of exercise. I mean, it was like a perfect storm of depression, basically, and then right. anxiety. And so it's very good to be back. And I, I heard you're back too. I am. But, you know, to go with that whole, the whole quarantining thing, you know, that, that's actually a scary thing for some people, like people who maybe aren't the most stable or that have demons, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. And we don't have to get deep into it. But, you know, I don't know if people really think about the people who have to be quarantined that aren't normally used to quarantine. So even if even if I have some demons and I'm quarantined in my home, I'm quarantined in my bedroom. My wife's still here, but not 
in the same room with me. I really don't have contact yeah. with anybody. And you, you're forced to just kind of not talk to yourself, but you're, you know, you're forced kind of, yeah. To deal with yourself. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. forced to deal with yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not that way, but I've never really been forced to have to do that either. Um, if I was in more of the quarantine state like you were, I might have had to do that. Me, luckily, I say luckily, but luckily I had the brain fog and the things <laughs> that didn't make me have to, you know, really sit there and think about yeah. things inside my head. You, you know? were distracted with actual yeah. physical symptoms. <laughs> right, yeah. So, but I don't know, I just, that's important though, to, to know that people are, you know, not only could they be sick, but they also are now stuck sick on their own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, have to deal with stuff like that. But uh, anyways, I, yes, I am back in the gym. Yeah. Same concept. I was off for two or three months, which is literally the longest I've been off for since I was 16. Wow. Probably. I've never taken that long a time off. No kidding. And uh, it feels really good to get back in. And I probably in that since I was 16 have not felt some of the like, just snaps of anger that I got in the time that I was out. Like there was times where I would even notice it right after it happened. Like just the smallest thing where I'd fly off the handle about and not really in, just realize it like right after be like, Whoa, like I couldn't even control that that just happened. And the gym legit helps with that. Like it, that physical release from lifting and, and cardio and stuff like that definitely does it's i don't know if it's just a brain like a mindset thing or what but it, it, I mean, it definitely releases all of that a lot of that anger i mean i still got some there's still there's still some rattling around in there but sure. yeah so uh but my question is so we go to the gym, same gym of course mm-hmm. we don't have a whole lot to choose from in our area i mean we live in the woods down in you know bfe right uh so as far as like the people in the gym are you seeing anybody wearing masks no. In the gym? No. I, I'm not seeing anybody. No. At all. Does that bother you? No. Not at all? Nope. Okay. Should it? I don't know. I, I'm just, <laughs> I was just curious. Does it, I, does it bother you? Where's the question coming from? Well, when I when I got back into the gym after having corona, I did wear a mask for a couple of weeks while I was in there um, and, uh, and made it a point to, which everybody should be doing anyways, but made it a point to be, to wipe down the machines and the benches and stuff beforehand then lift and wipe them back down again when I'm done. That way the next person that comes up, you know, that kind of thing. Everybody should be doing that in in general. Correct. However, I was making it more of a point to do it, but I was also wearing a mask. Something kind of funny that we were talking about off air a little bit was that I, you know, as you said, when you get back into the gym, things start popping a little, a little bit that you're really not used to. Maybe, maybe they're, they're doing the same thing they always have. It's just, it's been a while since you've really seen it. So now you're like taking advantage of it. Sure. And, uh, you know, there, we don't have like massive guys at our gym. There's a few here and there, but mm-hmm. you know, I think we could, uh, hold our own, I guess a little bit in the gym here and there with, depending on what the crowd, who the crowd is, that's in there. But I did have a day where, I mean, you know, my shoulders were popping. I was looking pretty good. I was feeling pretty good while I was in the gym, you know, weight continually going up and stuff. And I could tell just like out of the corner of my eye, I would see, you know, people looking at me or whatever. And I, it was motivation, whether they were actually looking at me because of that, I don't know. 
but I used it as motivation. I was like, heck yeah, you know, people are looking at me. And then about halfway through my workout, I realized I'm the only person in this fucking gym wearing a mask. That's probably the reason why people are looking at me. <laughs> and they're probably looking at me like I'm an idiot because I'm wearing a mask. Yeah, that's it's an interesting point. Because <laughs> I, I took a mask and I think maybe a couple times just in my pocket to see. Because if the majority is wearing, and I'm usually not a follower like this, but if a majority of people are wearing a mask, I'm going to because I want to respect the, 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 the wishes of, of, you know, the, the majority of what people are doing. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Like I don't do it just because I want to be part of the crowd, but I, I, in this case, I, I guess I kind of do. I, I want to make sure that I am, I'm just not causing any harm and I, I want to raise the, the level of comfortability. Plus I want to be able to say that if, if Rona does spread, I want to be able to say, well, I have my mask on. I don't know about <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's that little bit of, uh, I guess something to fall back on. Um, but the, the psychology of the mask, that's a whole other topic too, that, that we could talk about the psychology of wearing a mask, you know, and what that does for people. Um, in, in the gym, I've noticed that most people don't care so much because they're, they're already kind of healthy and they're, you know, they're staying in shape, but I bet you just about all of them have had Rona at one point or another Probably. so far, you know, yeah. um, because we were in the same boat and lo and behold, bam. And it affected us in very different ways, but I don't know. I, I, that is an interesting point, though, that you that you know that you thought maybe well, they're they're probably looking at me because of the mask. In a lot of places, there people are looking at you because you don't have a mask on. Yeah, for sure. In other places, uh-huh. you know, like you can go through Walmart. Sometimes, most of the time, I wear my mask. Ninety-five percent of the time, sometimes I forget, and I'm not going to go back home to get a mask because I forgot mine. So I go ahead and I go through. And it, it could be just like the opposite of the whole gym thing. You know, people, I, I feel like they're looking at me because I don't have a mask on? Is it just my own self-conscious projection of them? They might just be looking at me because they're like, hey, you know, maybe I know that guy. Or they might not even be looking at me. They're looking past me. But because mm-hmm. I don't have a mask on, I'm feeling that kind of that that notion that people are going to be judgmental mm-hmm. and point their fingers at me. Then I think that they're looking at me in judgment. Right. And they're saying, how dare he come and spread his virus amongst our right. shoppers. Um, kind of the same way with the mask thing that, that you were talking about. If they were in fact looking at you because of the mask, like, Hey, who's this guy in here? Only guy with a mask on thinking he's, you know, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I like the idea. Like I would like to have somebody on maybe like a psychologist or something to talk, to talk about the psychology of the mask. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because I, I get some anxiety like going into stores and stuff like that. And I think the reason is because I don't, I hate small talk. I hate the fact that we live in a small town that I could run into somebody that I went to school with that I have no desire to talk to. Mm-hmm. And almost you, without fail. Yeah. If almost, you go to Walmart, yeah. it's, it's a given. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I have anxiety that that's going to happen. And I, and there's something, there's something psychological about wearing a mask into Walmart now and a hat that, makes me feel like there's less of a chance that that's going to happen. Nice. You know what I mean? Yes. Like not, I mean, I guess part of it could be like that they're not going to recognize me or who I am. Uh, but I don't, I feel like there's less conversations going on with, between people because people are wearing masks and you're used to reading someone's lips. Like I can, I, when I talk to people, especially from uh, over six feet away, when I talk to people, 
there's a lot of huh and uh and you know like asking me questions about what I just asked because people are a lot of times when you talk to somebody they may be looking at your lips instead of your eyes yeah and not really paying attention to what they're saying unless they're linking what you're saying to the sounds that they're hearing as well yeah right and I think it's the same way like I I think if I'm in a store there's less chance that somebody's going to try to talk to me because they're not they're going to have the same kind of like not being able to understand what I'm saying or not wanting to go through that. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know. I think that'd be an interesting topic. It is. It kind of reminds me though of our, you know, our buddy Will Meyer out there in Oregon. He said a long time ago when the mask things first started that uh, he was down with it. He's like, I wish we could have been wearing masks all this time. It's like, it keeps me from having to, to uh, see other people's faces and them to see me. I'm kind of incognito. It's kind of what you're saying there. It kind of mitigates the anxiety of having to talk to people because they don't, it's almost like a too big of a hassle mm-hmm. to communicate with your mask on. I'll tell you what though, dude, I've had another game changer when I go to Walmart earbuds. I mean, and I crank up the music dude yeah. and, and it's, it's a game changer with, with my mask and with the earbuds. I don't even stop to notice if there is anybody around that I, that I know anymore because nine times out of 10, there's going to be mm-hmm. like I've actively, and I hate to admit this. It sounds, it sounds bad, but I've actively avoided people that I, I see in Walmart. Mm-hmm. I know them and I go the other way Absolutely. because I, I, I'm not there for that. It's nothing personal. Give me, shoot me a text. Like give me a call. Let's meet up sometime. I don't want to say, I don't want to talk to you right now in Walmart. I Absolutely. just don't, mm-hmm. you know? And so that makes me feel like an asshole of a person, but it just is what it is. But with my earbuds in, it's like I don't even stop to notice anymore. I, I'm just I get hyper focused on what I'm there to do, and bam, I'm yeah. Out. My, my thing with that though is I'd be more. It'd probably give me more anxiety than getting ran over by a shopping cart or something because I'm not paying attention because it's it's taking more of your senses away. Because you know what I mean. Like sound is a big thing when you're like walking through a store, or, you know, walking into Walmart. You got to walk across the crosswalk yeah to get into the store i'm probably gonna get ran over by a truck because i'm not gonna pay attention to <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you're willing I, to take that i, I think it's a chance saying? i'm willing to take for you to wear your earbuds in no trust, I, trust I, me i don't think dying in walmart parking lot is where you're going to be happy it's not the way you want to go <laughs> I, I you know and this might be just my imagination to some degree i don't feel like it is but because i've noticed before that I, it seems like my i'm even more vigilant with my sight when I have my earbuds in, like I, I can see more things going on. It's almost like a compensation. Like heightens your mm-hmm. other senses because yeah. that one's taken away. Yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like that. And I also, I'm usually doing it after I go to the gym. And so I, I already have my, my hard music on, right. Cause I'm angering up the blood, lifting some weights that carries over into my Walmart shopping. And so the adrenaline's pumping too, that might have something to do with it as well. But, uh, I, I keep the hard music on. And it's just like, I can see things in, 4k freaking you know it's just very high def <laughs> and i see it quicker it's just like it seems like it's heightened to me now, once again that might be the adrenaline mixed with some of my imagination and my ego you yeah. know who knows but it seems like it works for me so i would at least advise you give it a shot and try not to get run over by a truck a shopping cart's not going to kill you but i mean and you might want to wait till give, after the holiday season it's ankle hectic sprain out there. for sure well that's true <laughs> maybe a good lawsuit though oh good should have had bumpers on that cart walmart yeah but then can i get Will it not go through because I was wearing headphones and I wasn't paying attention? Oh, you put them up really quick. Oh, is that what you Yeah, did? I mean, just okay. earbuds, you stick them in your pocket. Okay. But, I mean, it, it could be an argument, but here I've got a sprained ankle. Walmart's paying me something. That's I true. I guarantee it. Okay. So, 
Dude, it's been real, man. It's, For sure. it's a good time to be back. I feel the I feel the podcast, you know, it's the momentum. I just podcast I, juices are I, flowing I've been, again. I've been itching, man. I've been itching, you know, kind of been waiting. You know, part of the hiatus was also me getting my shit together, getting my life back on track and it's not so it just got, <laughs> it didn't work it so didn't work so I figured just, we'll throw this back in uh-huh, we just gotta go with it <laughs> just gonna redirect my focus back over here put all the other stuff over there for the side it'll work itself out someday well, I mean, or not I, I, I legit like podcasting is sort of is a type of therapy mm-hmm. it is and you may not people may not realize it um you know but even if like you don't podcast, even if you were to like sit in a room by yourself and just talk into your phone for a little while or something, basically the same thing as like writing in a diary or a journal or, right. you know, something like that. It's a way to get a feeling or a thought out of your head in, into a different space, Yeah, you know, that you don't have to sit on as much anymore, or you get it out there. And that's why I love podcasting is you get those thoughts out there and those feelings out there and then they give you it back. Yeah, They either give you it back or they tell you why that's, a great feeling to have or why you're fucked up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, impor- it's important to know both of those things, yeah, you know? Right. So yeah, I, that's why I love podcasting. Yeah. I agree with that. And podcasting with someone, whether it's, you know, just co-host to co-host or whether it's, you know, doing an interview or something like that. I, I respect the people who do it independently, like just by themselves. Mm-hmm. That's very hard for me to do. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to keep because you don't have anyone to bounce anything back off of. It's very difficult to do. I have mad respect for those people, but it's, it, it's, you're right though. Just being able to express yourself, uh, in some fashion or another to get things off your chest and express ideas. Ideas are cool when they're in your head and sometimes they're even better up there until they come out of your mouth or yeah. whatever. But, um, but they're, they're, they're good up there, but they're never, that's not where they're supposed to stay. Ideas don't, they don't flourish in the head. They flourish outside when they materialize. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that podcast also does. It helps you to express, but it also helps you to materialize ideas, information, whatever the case may be, express it and see where it goes from there. And yeah. who knows what the butterfly effect might cause. Right. So good times, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me over to your brand new studio. I'm going to no be problem. here a lot more often. You're damn right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. Thanks again to you, the CEP listener. Remember that word of mouth is like a bag of red hot riplets after losing your taste to COVID for us. So don't forget to tell your friends and fam about the great variety you hear right here on the CEP. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you consume your podcast. It's all over the place. That way you can keep the variety coming straight to your ear holes with the automaticity. Also on that note, when you go to Apple Podcasts, you would help us immensely if you would give us that five-star rating that we love so much. And you can do that for the entire network just on the site there, on the, the Apple Podcast site. Uh, of the three shows, we've got uh, the CEP, of course. We have Raised on the Radio and we have Crusher Cast, all coming to you with greatness and, and just good stuff. So, uh, yeah, give us the, the, the stars. We like stars. And speaking of love, we love it when you give us all of your love on the socials. So keep the love coming on the socials. And be sure to visit the launching pad for all things cerebral at thecepodcast.com. And, of course, if you need to contact us, you can also do that at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Uh, don't forget to go to buyjack.com slash CEP to get your gear with the, the CEP logo. You're representing CEP, and we love you for it. And go there and get your gear for you and your family today. That's all I've got. So until next time, be sure to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours nice and warm out there. We'll see you.